You're listening to the Grain of Salt podcast. I am Rachel, your host, and get ready for today's episode because it's going to be a big one, or at least I hope it is, because I have a lot to say about today's topic. As always, remember to take everything I say with a grain of salt, and I think I'm going to be saying that a lot throughout this episode today because we're going to get a little controversial, a little deep, so just hear me out. This whole episode is inspired by a book that I actually just finished reading yesterday called Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. I hope I said that right, but let me tell you, this book has changed my mindset and lifestyle immensely. I have recommended it to so many people and I hope they actually read it, but if you're skeptical about skeptical about dieting um, and want to better your relationship with food, I highly recommend this book. I was telling my mom about how much I was enjoying it and then she told me that her and my aunt actually read this book years ago and when they they recently republished it, like adding a couple chapters including more scientific research, but I thought it was so funny because my mom actually wants to borrow my book and read it again because she read it a while ago and just wants to refresh. But anyway... Before we really dive into what we're talking about, I just wanted to share a little bit of my own journey and how I'm progressing with my relationship to food. So for as long as I can remember, I've struggled with body image and insecurities, and I've always also been passionate about food. I was a pretty normal kid when it came to food. Like I would eat the stuff that my parents gave me, but I also loved snacks and birthday parties, you know, all the normal stuff. And when I joined the lacrosse team in high school, I was surrounded by all these super fit and athletic girls with bodies that I envied. And I felt insecure sometimes because I didn't see myself how I saw them. And I knew I was strong, and I knew that I have a heart of gold, so I just kind of dealt with it and shoved my insecurities in a little pocket deep in my brain. But around this time, I also started following a lot of fitness YouTubers and Instagrammers, and I would see how in shape these girls were, and I wanted to be like them. And I loved fitness and exercise, but food was always one of my struggle areas. Like, I loved cooking and eating healthy things, But when it came to sweets or social gatherings or places where things were just offered to me, it was and often is still very hard for me to resist. And I end up feeling shitty about myself at the end of the day. And throughout the years, my mom and I have agreed to eat healthy together and um, cut out this or that from our eating. And honestly, it never worked. Um, At the end of the day, I cared more about satisfying my cravings than eating, like quote, clean foods. Which is funny because after reading this book, I'm kind of at that same point where I want to satisfy my cravings, but I feel a lot less guilty about it. I feel pretty secure in my relationship with eating right now, and I'm still on my journey. I feel like it's never really going to end, but I'm feeling more connected to myself every day. So... Now that that's over with, what am I going to exactly be talking about in this episode? I've been wanting to speak on this subject for a long time, but it's a kind of a big and overwhelming topic that I could honestly probably make a whole separate podcast show on alone. So I don't, this episode might be a little all over the place. Um, 
it may need to have a couple uh, separate episodes, but we're just going to roll with it and see what happens. Um, The main thing I want to talk about is how to transition from the diet culture mindset to eating intuitively and listening to your body, your body's cues. And without realizing it, I'm sure that almost anyone listening to this episode has either been on a diet or has had thoughts with a diet mentality. Whether you've been on Weight Watchers, Keto, cutting out all sugar, cutting out white carbs, not eating any fruit, counting your macros, and yes, your precious intermittent fasting, we're all susceptible to diet culture and the allure of eating clean, which I literally hate that word so much, but I digress. Um, Anyway, you're probably thinking what's wrong with dieting or cutting out certain foods so I feel better, and I'm going to hit you with something that you might not want to hear, but... Surprise, surprise, diets don't work, period. I think placing restrictions on our eating, they may temporarily give us the body image we've been longing for, but at the end of the day, diets do so much more harm than good. How many people can you think of that whenever you talk to them, they tell you about how they're on this new diet or they're trying this and that program How long before do they decide that they're no longer going to try it anymore because it didn't work? Well, I hate to break it to you. This mindset of restriction and dieting actually causes the majority of people to gain more weight. I mean, like, look at the show The Biggest Loser. Like, how many of those people gain all the weight back? How many people do you know that have done Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig or whatever else is out there only to gain more weight in the long run? I think it's time for us to realize that the harm diet culture is not only doing to our bodies but our mental health and our overall well-being and the the book intuitive eating my holy grail stresses the importance of having a positive relationship when it comes to food and being attuned to your body at all times now transitioning to intuitive eating is not an overnight process. I'm still on my way again, but I think it's so important for people to understand this idea and move away from the restriction and deprivation and realize that it's time to start living a realistic life with a long-lasting way of eating that won't make you feel guilty every time you eat a piece of pizza or have a slice of cake at a birthday party. So how do you leave behind a whole life of I'll start eating good on Monday or after this cheat meal or no sugar for two weeks before the big day, whatever it is, and start moving towards kindness and acceptance when it comes to food. The book that I mention every two seconds in this episode outlines several principles in accomplishing this, but we're not going to discuss every single one of them today. I just want to focus on the first principle, and that is to reject the diet mentality. A lot of this is rooted in recognizing that diets don't work even though they fuel our society and constitute a billion dollar industry in the United States. However, I don't want you to be a victim of another failed diet if you reject that mentality. After reading this book, I have become a lot more aware of what's going on around me. The advertisements I see online, TV commercials, 
what I hear from friends and family just telling me. And this idea that we constantly have to place restrictions on what we can or can't eat or how many grams of fat we're allowed to have in a day. All of this thinking is driving us in the opposite direction. And a big step of moving past this is to throw the scale away. Now, I haven't had a scale in my house for years, um, but I don't think any good has ever come out of looking at a number on a scale, at least for me. Have you ever stepped on the scale at Publix, saw the number, and thought, oh yeah, my shoes are just heavy, or these scales are probably not that accurate, or oh, I just ate before this. Like, having that thought all the time, like, it's just not healthy. And we need to get over it. But anyway, one of my friends was telling me the other day that for the past week or so, she felt really good about her eating. She was working out. She was feeling good about herself. She stepped on the scale at the end of the week and had gained two pounds since the last time she stepped on it. And immediately, all of her feelings of accomplishment and pride went down the drain just because of freaking number like how crazy is that that we allow us to feel that way about ourselves how can we let symbols and numbers on a scale determine if we've been good or bad i think we need to put our focus on how we feel rather than being being validated by a number Now, when you go to the doctor, sometimes it's hard to not look at the scale. Um, So you can either look away, ask the nurse not to tell you the number, or realize that that number doesn't mean shit, and you can just go along with your day regardless of what that number says. Um, Another one of my friends told me that she had just got a scale that shows your body fat percentage and your water weight and something else, maybe like your IQ, I don't fucking know, but... um, (laughs) Anyway, no matter how fancy these gadgets are and how they can help you be in tune, in quotes, with your body, we need to face that getting on the scale and stepping off feeling happy with the number you saw is not very likely. And I may not be speaking for everyone out there, which again is why we take everything I say with a grain of salt here, but I want you to understand That just like a score on a test doesn't define our intelligence, a number on a scale doesn't define us either. And once you can get past this, you can continue on to living a life with a positive relationship with your body. Also, on the topic of rejecting the diet mentality is understanding the concept of abundance versus scarcity. How many times have you said to yourself, I'm going to start on Monday after you ate three slices of pizza and continued eating until you felt sick until Monday rolled around. This is an example of the scarcity mindset and I didn't really learn, I didn't know much about this until I listened to the She Thrives Radio podcast, which I've also mentioned a million times. Um, But this way of thinking makes us think that there's only a limited amount of whatever is in front of us and we're never going to get the chance to have it again so we need to take advantage of it as much as we can it's the last supper mindset where this is the last time you're ever going to be able to eat that dessert or have that snack so you just gorge and eat and eat and then you feel like shit immediately after on the other side if we think in a mindset of abundance 
We recognize that anything we want is available to us in any amount at all times. And this can be a scary thought to have, especially for those who have been trapped in the diet mentality for most of their life, struggle with binge eating or other eating disorders, but accepting that you have the right to unapologetically eat whatever you want in however much abundance may be extremely hard for some people. But once you can accept this, you are on your way to carrying out a life of intuitive eating. And you might be thinking, so that this means that I can eat however much candy or chocolate or whatever it may be whenever I want and feel no guilt. Well, yes, but it definitely takes time. And again, as I mentioned before, this is a process, doesn't happen overnight. But if we realize that the things we love are constantly available to us, it takes away the satisfaction that it normally gives us. I'll give an example that might make this a little more relatable. Chocolate cake, let's talk about it. We all know and love it. You don't allow yourself to have it often, but when you do, it's almost like you're committing a crime. You feel guilty before, during, and after eating that cake, but the feeling kind of gives you a rush. We get that satisfaction from that guilty feeling, which makes us keep eating and eating to satisfy like that rush. However, if we think that chocolate cake is just another food in our normal everyday lives, it doesn't have that same, you know, sinful like enchantment to it. And we'll be more satisfied from eating just a little bit of it rather than feeling guilty after eating a lot of it. I've noticed this shift in myself a few times recently. So when this whole quarantine thing started, I had just finished two exams and I wanted to celebrate with getting Cheesecake Factory to go. I had just started really getting into the book and I wanted to try implementing some of the things that I had learned in my cheesecake experience. So I ordered the avocado egg rolls. I got the amazing bread. And of course, it would be a literal crime to not order cheesecake from Cheesecake Factory. And my old self would have eaten everything with no hesitation. Regardless of the way it made me feel, I probably would have finished everything that I ordered and felt disgusting by the end of it. I rarely order from Cheesecake Factory, so why would I let everything I got just go to waste and not eat it all while it was fresh, right? But instead, I thought to myself that I can order from this restaurant anytime I want. It doesn't have to be a special occasion. I can eat whatever I want from there at any time. Having these thoughts in my head allowed me to pay more attention to my fullness and satiety cues rather than just finishing my meal because it was a rare occasion. I didn't have to stuff my face until I got sick to feel like the meal was worth it, you know? This has been a very difficult thing for me to get past, especially because I've always had a hard time resisting things, as I mentioned before. But if you allow yourself to eat without feeling any remorse or guilt, you will feel more satisfaction and realize that you don't need to eat as much as you normally would if you placed certain restrictions mentally. Now to bring this back to what I mentioned earlier, if you're thinking, but if I allow myself to eat any amount of whatever I want, won't I gain weight? Well, this is why this journey takes time again and small steps and you just have to take things one day or meal at a time. And the book again goes into so much more detail than I am going into right now. But I also did want to touch um, slightly on the idea of giving pseudo permission. So 
you may want to start trying out this new mentality, this new mindset, and think, okay, I'm not going to feel guilty eating this bar of chocolate or something. And in the back of your mind, you still feel somewhat guilty. And admittedly, I have done that before. And that's giving pseudo permission. So you say one thing, but deep down on the inside, you know that you kind of still have those feelings of guilt. And that's something that will eventually go away with time, but you just have to keep practicing the mentality that everything is going to be okay if you allow yourself to eat whatever you want. But just try to recognize that pseudo-permission because the more you recognize it, the more you'll be able to move past it quicker. Anyway, (laughs) the diet mentality goes way beyond following the actual diets themselves. Um, It includes feeling guilty after eating quote, bad foods or skipping a meal afterwards, like after you've eaten something bad or exercising extra hard after a huge meal. It involves seeing foods as good or bad or clean or junk. And I really like how the authors of this book use the term play food instead of junk food. The word junk food, one, has a negative connotation and two, it makes it seem like it provides no benefit to us. Like junk food doesn't do anything for our bodies. And while it may not give us complete nutritional benefit, food is also about satisfaction, culture, comfort, and connecting to others. Everything we put into our bodies doesn't have to have health at the top of its list. And again, the words we use like fat or skinny all contribute to the diet culture. And a quick little story about using certain trigger words (laughs) makes me laugh now. But a couple months ago, I went to this like infrared gym. I don't even know what it was, but my friend brought me. She had a guest pass and she brought me along to do a workout. I'm not going to name the gym just to be safe, not get in trouble. But you can probably guess what it was by the story. Um, But anyway, this gym has virtual instructors teaching the workout and during the class all I heard was let's torch those calories away or feel those calories melting off your body and I was so disappointed when I left that gym because the members of this place are hearing their instructors the people that they're supposed to be looking to for inspiration talk about torching calories and melting fat off of their workout These words only further emphasize how prevalent this diet culture is, and we may not even notice it. And now that I'm more aware of what is going on around me, I'm so much more critical. Um, And I didn't want to go back to a place whose main focus was to just burn calories, not to feel good or strong, but just to sweat out all the fat and food from the night before. And I admire the companies that put emphasis on being in touch with our bodies rather than seeing the sweat stains in our clothes. Little tangent, but I just wanted to include that little story to maybe get you thinking more about what you surround yourself with. And now that I'm thinking about it, one of the classes that is taught at my school's gym is called iBurn. And I never really thought much of it before, literally until now. But this class doesn't, it doesn't focus on burning calories, but it rather works on muscle groups and burning like one main muscle at a time. 
But I think that name gives off a connotation that I don't like and don't fully support. I think I might be the only one maybe to notice this or even care, but people looking at the class schedule online may associate that class with burning a ton of calories. That's personally not something I want to promote, but regardless, in whenever I teach my classes, I never talk about like burning calories or feeling like we're growing our glutes like I just really focus on our personal connection with how fitness makes us feel anyway another thing that I also thought of I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in a previous episode but Trader Joe's I love you to death but I do have a problem with the way you advertise some of your products as guilt-free and I've seen other companies do this and I've seen Pinterest recipes make the title of something guilt-free. And you may not realize it, but the words that we read and expose ourselves to every day slowly set these rules in our mind of what is okay and what isn't. So if I'm shopping in Trader Joe's in the frozen section and I see that the mac and cheese is guilt-free, does that mean that I should be feeling guilty for eating regular mac and cheese? Like, it honestly makes me so mad. Like, nobody should feel guilty for eating anything that makes them feel good and happy mentally, physically, emotionally. The feelings of guilt are what leads to the cycle of deprivation and then overeating over and over and over again. And it just, oh, I'm sorry, this was off track kind of, but just start to notice the things around you and you may find that hints of diet culture are like sprinkled into our daily lives without even realizing it. I cannot tell you the amount of times that I've seen like fitness videos on YouTube post a video with the title saying burn off lower belly fat in big fat letters in the thumbnail when we all know that you can't spot reduced fat. So start paying attention to the things that you see on billboards, the things in grocery stores, on the internet, and get mad. Like, I'm honestly, like, getting so frustrated just talking about it. But get mad at all the false advertising, the lies, the words that make us feel like we're doing something wrong when we're not. And start rejecting that ment- that diet mentality. Let's move on. To another thing that we may not recognize and I have definitely been guilty of and I am still working on it is Focusing on calories burned when we're working out and I'm sure many of you listening to this Have a Fitbit or Apple watch or some sort of device that monitors your activity and how many calories you burn And when I started using my watch, I definitely focused on that number more often than I'd like to admit I subconsciously wanted to hit a certain number every day. I felt accomplished when I did hit that number, and I felt bad about myself when I didn't. I would stop my workout when I got to a certain number and say, okay, like once I get to X number, like I'll feel good and I'll stop and I'll feel like I worked hard enough. And I think we need to be using these tools that we have access to in more positive ways rather than obsessive ways. Now, when I'm working out, I try not to focus on the calories burned because one, it isn't always an accurate representation of how hard I'm working. Two, it's probably not that accurate because how do we even really know how many calories we're burning? Like, And three, 
it just doesn't matter. I know some people are thinking that if they want to lose weight, it's calories in versus calories out. And if you want to lose fat or weight, you have to be mindful of how many calories you're eating and how much you're burning to be in a caloric deficit. And that, once again, is the diet mentality. I'm sick of thinking this way. And if you are too, then I want to help you allow yourself to push those thoughts aside, kick them to the curb, and move and eat to feel good rather than focusing on the numbers because once again obsessing over these numbers and what we're putting into our bodies rarely does us any good for a little while I actually didn't wear my watch when I worked out over winter break this past year when I was a kickboxing trainer we weren't allowed to wear our watches and it made me realize that not documenting or tracking your workouts doesn't mean that it didn't count You still put in the work, you still burned whatever you burned, regardless of wearing the watch or not. And that period of time really helped me in focusing on other aspects of working out, like the way I felt, besides the number. And now when I exercise, I try to put my energy into recognizing how I feel after my workout, and I try not to let whatever number is on that screen define me or my workout, because it doesn't. And I completely understand that people want to lose weight, whether it's for medical reasons or aesthetic reasons. It's okay to want to change how you look to make yourself feel better. Like, I'm not knocking that down at all because I've been there. I still go there sometimes. But this book stresses that if we follow the steps it provides, our bodies will eventually return to their natural weight for our body, which is probably less than where it is now. And again, I want to emphasize to please take everything I say lightly and read online, research things before you go about them. But I want this episode to hopefully help people out there who are like me, who have struggled in the past and want to move forward and live a life without having to worry about what we're putting in our mouths every second of the day. I don't want to continue living where I feel guilty about eating something with this number of calories or this many grams of fat. I don't want to hit a certain number of calories each day or even a certain number of steps. That is exhausting and like it's not the life that I want to live and I know there's people out there that count their macros every day and swear by keto or paleo diet or whatever is out there and if you are happy with what you're doing by all means keep doing it as long as you're feeling good about it but the second that you feel that constant guilt or you just straight up don't feel happy about your relationship to food or diet culture, then I want this to be a wake-up call for you to get out there, live the life that you strive to have. And I know I can't be the only one out there that has had these feelings. So if I can just help one person out there listening to this, I will be happy. I seriously cannot recommend this book enough I feel like I'm a broken record at this point um but I'm going to list the title of the book and the authors again in the show notes but if you want to commit to a program that actually works and is realistic then you need to read this book um one of the authors also has a speech posted on YouTube that I will try to also link if you want to hear her talk about the main points rather than reading the book Um, The video is just as awesome. It covers all the main points. Um, The the fifth chapter of the book 
discusses rejecting the diet mentality in so much more detail, but I just wanted to share what I thought would be the most helpful and impactful foundation if you don't read the book. Now, we just scraped the surface of what I wanted to tackle in this episode, but I am so passionate about this, and I'm looking forward to continuing this little series, I guess, about intuitive eating and how we can actually have a healthy relationship with food in our lives. And I know I ramble a lot, but if you listened all the way through, I just wanted to thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love to hear what you thought about it. Whether you want to DM me on Instagram, my username is cilantro soul, or I would love if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts to let me know what you think. If there's something that you want me to dive deeper on or maybe a different topic that wasn't touched today, uh, please let me know. There will be plenty more episodes related to this subject in the future, but for now, that is all I have for you today. Again, thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing rest of your day.